0: Hey, listeners, it's your pal, Dr. Nanika Kaur from the Project Parenthood podcast. I'm taking a week off from the world of parent-child relationships, but I wanted to share an incredible episode of another podcast here on Quick and Dirty Tips called Curious State. Curious State is all about uncovering the unexpected answers to ungoogleable questions. This episode asks the questions, what's it like in the Pixar's writing room? If you or your child is obsessed with Pixar movies, you're going to love this episode. And if you do, you can subscribe to Curious State wherever you're listening to me right now. Okay, here's Curious State, and I'll see you next week. Great stories have a few things in common. Emotional connection, progressive complications, and a resolution that sticks in your memory. With the countless methods of opening a story, some of my favorites start the exact same way. 27 years ago, my parents, my three brothers, and I, we all went to a little movie theater in Springfield, Illinois. That's when I heard that sound for the first time. And since then, that sound has tied balloons to my imagination.
1: Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. <laughs> my name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you.
0: Connects me back to my inner self. Until she gets back. We just do what Joy would do. Great great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? And made me cheer for a trash-compacting robot. (coughs) But above all, that sound has instilled a Pavlovian response in me. When I hear it, I know what's coming next. I am about to feel something. (gasps) Nemo! But getting an impactful story to fall into place comes with some big challenges. One's Pixar writers have to creatively spar with every day. And often, those challenges hit back. The story
2: fixes that needed to be solved, especially with the main character, ended up turning into a bigger problem. They thought that the studio was going to come to an end because the film got shut down. I'm Doug Frazier.
0: And this is Curious State. The writer's room feels like such a top-tier place to be when it comes to the Pixar idea, at least for me anyway. Um, But you didn't start there. How did you start at Pixar? Well,
2: the very beginning was... uh, (laughs) I've got to think back now. This is the story of Matthew. My name is Matthew Lunn, and I am a filmmaker, which really means I'm a storyteller.
0: For two decades, Matthew honed his storytelling skills at Pixar. But before he was there, he started in a bit of a different kind of storytelling. Matthew was in his first year of college when he started working as an animator on The Simpsons. At the young age of 19, the writers' room there changed him. Legends like Conan O'Brien were able to make people laugh and cry through not just jokes, but stories. These writers could make people feel something. And so began Matthew's love for storytelling. Then, he got a call from Pixar which at the time was just a small little startup.
2: They had seen one of my short films that I made at the uh, college I went to, the California Institute of the Arts, CalArts in L.A. And they liked it and they asked me if I wanted to come in to be able to hear a pitch for a film they wanted to make. Now, Pixar was only made up of, oh my gosh, 50 people, 60 people, and... Uh, I went into a room with Steve Jobs, the director of animation and the writer and the director of the film, and they pitched me the idea for Toy Story.
0: Hey, wow! What, what is it? Woody! Buzz! Oh, great, you found them, where were they? Here in the car! See, now what'd I tell you right where you left them?
2: And I was so moved that I did leave my job at The Simpsons, or what I should say is I did not return for the fourth year of The Simpsons. And I took the job at Pixar as, you know, one of the first 12 guinea pigs to learn how to animate on a computer.
0: Wow. So that first pitch of Toy Story versus the final product, were they in the same ballpark? They were pretty close. You know, uh, it's
2: it's really great when you can pitch an idea, even for a 90 minute film, in a couple of minutes, and it's pretty close to what the final story is about. Uh, You know, we usually call that the controlling idea or the elevator pitch. Can you pretty much in one sentence wrap up what your film is about? You know, we usually do that in the trailers for movies, right, in a world. And so I was moved by the story and also the idea that this would be the first CG animated film and it wasn't gonna be the the normal animated film with a fairy tale village and a princess and a prince and the musical numbers. It was gonna be something completely different. And I think it was those things that really inspired me to go, okay, this is a startup company, but I I wanna be a part of this.
0: Unfortunately, there were
2: problems. So for Toy Story, as a whole, the film was working. But there were parts of the film that needed to be improved. And one of the big ones was Woody's character arc. In the beginning, Woody was definitely more um, angsty and mean and maybe even not likable. And so that was one of the big notes that... Um, they were trying to address. But what we did was we animated all the other shots that didn't have Woody in it. Ah. So so when I came on, the very first shots I got to animate were the army men, soldiers, that are setting out on their mission to see what's in those presents. We are in code red. Recon plan, Charlie, execute. Let's move, 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 move.
0: I remember seeing this footage when I was on vacation with my family. We were in a Florida mall somewhere in the food court, and my six-year-old brain exploded. The green army men's lips were moving. Their feet are connected by this plastic little base, so they waddled one foot in front of the other, just like when I made them walk. Okay, come on, kids. And then in the they room. jumped the off house. the friggin' banister, and their parachutes open? Are you kidding me? Other than
2: the very first shot with Woody talking to the sergeant, which I did that shot, animated that shot. um, There's there's really no other characters. So that keeps all the animators busy while the story department is still trying to figure out, oh, my gosh, how do we fix this thing? This is pretty common that you will have animation starting to happen. And there is parts of the story they're trying to be fixed. But I would say in this situation, the story fixes that needed to be solved, especially with the main character, ended up turning into a bigger problem. There's a snake
0: in my boot. It turns out, old Woody was too big for his stirrups. He was mean and crass and just a real jerkwad. Now, here's some audio from what's called the Black Friday Reel. And it's called that because it's the reel they showed on Black Friday. When they showed it, it caused quite an uproar. and actually led to the whole needing to fix the script boondoggle. Let me set the scene for you. Woody just tossed Buzz out the window, and the toys are now rallying against Woody. The first toy you'll hear speak is the temporary voice for Slinky Dog. I have to agree with them. I don't think what you did was right. What? Am I hearing correctly? You don't think... I was right. Who said your job was to think, spring wiener? Just just use this vast reserve of brain power to consider this for a moment. If it wasn't for me, Andy wouldn't pay any attention to you at all. In fact, my stretchy friend, you would have been hauled away to Goodwill a long time ago, so shut your mouth and get them off the bed.
2: Working as an animator on Toy Story, it was fun. I won't lie, it was fun. But this was really the time where I got to see how a story gets built at a place like Pixar. This isn't the way it is in every studio for a lot of studios. uh, You know, Spielberg might Steven Spielberg might read a book and say, wow, I love that book about that shark that eats people or, you know, a a dinosaur park and say, I want to make a film out of that. But see, the films that we created at Pixar, they were never based on a book. Everything came from just our own personal
0: experiences, things we were passionate about. These stories often started and grew in one room at Pixar. Matthew walked by that room often, hearing the laughter, the fun, the excitement. This was the writer's room, the birthplace of protagonists we hold dear to our hearts. <gasps> And villains we love to hate. Let's go home and play. <laughs> it's where characters are built, taken apart, and rebuilt again. Where the alternating highs and lows, the roller coaster structure that makes up a captivating story, are welded together. On a hero's journey from order to chaos and back again, the writing room is the starting line. And so when I got to see that firsthand,
2: or that first time, of how these stories were being developed, I was definitely, that was the light bulb moment for me. I knew, okay, I gotta get into that room somehow.
0: How'd you get in there?
2: Well, fortunately the company was small and we, you know, Toy Story hadn't come out yet. So, so it wasn't the Pixar that we think of today. Everybody was still driving, you know, beat up crappy cars, you know, sleeping on a couch or under their desk, uh, working long hours. It was a much different place at the time. And so they said to me, as long as you, um, get your animation done, where we would love to have your help in the story department. If you want to come in, um, on the weekends and help us, Hey man, we'll, we'll love it. Do it. (laughs) And you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Um, So pretty much I animated during the day and then I helped out in any way I could with the story team in the evenings and on the weekends. And I did it because I loved it. But I was also thinking to myself, you know, I I hope I can work myself into this group one day.
0: just as soon as the dream was taking flight, it was grounded. Matthew and the rest of the animators were told to come back in three months, when the writers had the story figured out.
2: Well, the three months turned into more and more, and it, it took a lot longer for it to get fixed. I mean, everything was pretty much shut down. And there was a lot of, I think a lot of meetings with the Disney execs of trying to figure out what's, what's going to be the plan. Is this even going to happen? All of Pixar's existence going forward hinged on this moment. And I waited to see what was gonna happen next.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's
2: only one Mick Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
0: of a detour. So, Matthew's dream of working in the Pixar writer's room was put on hold, and that gave him some time to think. How did he want the story of his own life to play out?
2: While I was waiting more and more, it came became clear to me that what I really want to work on is the story stuff. Mm. And I love to animate, but I was really thinking to myself, um, you know, when I get back, it really, really would be nice if I got moved into the anim, uh, the story department instead. But I, I didn't know how to convince them to do that. Um, in the meantime, I was like, hey, um, I'll, I want to get better at storytelling. So I was taking freelance story jobs um, during this period of time at very obscure, small animation commercial studios in San Francisco.
0: After about eight months of freelancing, Matthew got a call from Pete Doctor,
2: Who was the animation supervisor on Toy Story. He said, Matthew, we're all ready to go. We're, we're ready, we want you to come back. Um, can you, you know, start on Monday? And Pete was also a good friend of mine. He still is. And I just said, you know, Pete, I really want to work on this, on the story stuff. I'm so passionate about storytelling. Is there, is there an opportunity for me there? And he said, not now, because we've got to, we've got to animate this film and we have other films in development, but if we don't make this film work, It's we're not we're not going to end up developing anything else. And so I said, you know, I think I'm going to wait until there's a story position available. I'm going to pass on the animation job. I basically wanted him to know how passionate I was about wanting to get in the story department. And I think he was shocked, but appreciated it that I was honest with him.
0: While Woody and friends continued working out their story troubles, Matt waited. Every few months, he'd send over new projects he was working on. He wanted to stay on their radar and show off story related work he'd been doing. And then it wasn't
2: until Toy Story 2 came, when it was going to start being developed, that I did get a call. Thank God. I seriously felt like I made the biggest mistake of my life by turning down that opportunity, but it paid off because then they ended up contacting me saying, you know, Toy Story was great. People loved it. They want more and we want to develop a Toy Story 2 and we'd like for you to come in and, and be part of that story team. And obviously I said, yes. This was, this was during the period of time where the Disney company decided to start making sequels to all of their films, um, you know, Little Mermaid 2, Aladdin 2, Lady and the Tramp 2, whatever they could put it to after, <laughs> and they were just doing direct-to-videos, putting them on VHS and selling them in supermarkets, basically kind of babysitting material, right? Mm-hmm. And... That's what they were gonna do with Toy Story 2. But I saw it as, at least this is an opportunity for me to get better as a storyteller and get back into Pixar. And we had a very small team and of storytellers and no one was really watching us. Bug's life was like in production.
1: Ah! I am a cute little bumblebee. Ah! Here I come.
2: So we just started putting in there whatever we thought was hilarious and moving and funny. And it kept getting more and more outlandish that it started getting the attention of other people in the studio, especially the top execs. And that's when they saw the potential that this could be really good. People loved Toy Story so much that they realized that they didn't want to just make crappier versions Connected to Toy Story, they really wanted to make this brand strong. And that's when they put more effort, they put more energy into it and said, we're gonna release this into it as a film, which was so exciting. Because now I'm now I'm working on a film that I've been working in development and with the writers and the story team and everything.
0: So now that you're in the writer's room, the cool thing about Being in that room is you have all these just aha, amazing moments and you have it as a team. But the other side is, of course, there's so many challenges you have to overcome.
2: There's been many moments where we're stuck for months trying to end up figuring out, you know, that that one moment in the story that that everything is hinging on, but nobody can figure it out. And one of those moments later on when I worked on Finding Nemo was we we just couldn't figure out how how is Nemo going to escape from a fish tank? How how is this? Remember he's in the dentist's office. He's with those other fish, you know, that are in there. How is he going to escape? And we had thought of many different things, but but it reached a point where the director Andrew Stanton was like, "All right, story team, we're all getting in a room and we're not leaving here today till we figure this out." And when you get into a writer's room like this, it's like a blend of improv and writing and story structure. Um, and basically, you are just throwing up any idea up on the wall to be able to 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 see what's going to stick. And I remember in there um, as I'm blurting out ideas, one of them was if I was a fish in the aquarium, You know what I would do is I would get everybody in the aquarium to just just be as messy as possible. Get all of the sides of the aquarium just covered with algae and grossness. Look at that. Would you look at that? Filthy. Absolutely filthy. So we would have to be put in baggies taken out of the, aqua- the the little fish tank, and then we could just roll in our bags like hamsters in a ball across the table, out the window, across the street, and then we're in the ocean. And and, and as I pitched that, and everyone's like, all right, that's, that's good. And then I kind of did a, but then how would we get out of the baggies once we're in the ocean? And then the director was like, and that's what we're going to put at the end of the film. Is all those fish popping up in their baggies, and they? What do we do now? Now what? So, a lot of times you you just need to let this part of your mind just throw out as many what ifs as possible, without having too many limitations. And just see where it takes you.
0: What an incredible moment. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> are there any other ways that you guys have or methods for reinjecting that creative mojo when things just aren't landing?
2: When you're focusing so much on trying to solve a problem, do something else for a while and let all of those problems that you're trying to figure out just rest and do something fun. And I'm telling you, it always works for me. I end up having that aha moment in the middle of, you know, making dinner or going for a walk or something. There comes a point where you feel you're burnt out or you're stuck, where you just need to let things lie dormant for a little bit. We tend to forget about this as creative people that everything else in nature takes moments to go dormant. Trees and you know that that bear fruit and stuff. They, they they need to take a rest. You've got to let your your brain go dormant for a little bit, and it will it'll come to you.
0: Sully, Miguel, Mister Incredible, Nemo, Pixar's extensive roster of characters instantly captures the attention of children, but for adults, these character stories take an unsuspecting back road. They disarm us, working their way around our guards, unzipping our intellectual and emotional armor. We see our own human struggles in a clownfish with a lucky fin, or a talking race car, or an aging cowboy doll, fighting to stay relevant in the eyes of the boy he loves. We're afforded the rare opportunity presented by stories that make us feel something. We get to go spelunking in the forgotten caves of our mind, where buried dreams and Fractured relationships and neglected thoughts mask themselves in shadows. Because of a group of storytellers, we as viewers can unsheath our flashlights and begin the process of rediscovering ourselves. To learn more about Matthew and to purchase his book, The Best Story Wins, how to leverage Hollywood storytelling in business and beyond, visit matthewlundstory.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for feature episodes, email me at curious at quickanddirtytips.com. If you prefer talking over typing, leave me a voicemail at 757-541-8471. For more information about the show and where you can find us across the internet, Check out our show notes or visit quickanddirtytips.com. Special thanks to the Quick and Dirty Tips team. Adam Cecil, our audience development and podcast manager. Morgan Christensen, podcast and advertising operations specialist. Holly Hutchings, our digital operations specialist. Davina Tomlin, marketing and publicity assistant. And our trusty intern, Brendan Pika. Curious State is hosted and produced by me, Doug Frazier, for the Quick and Dirty Tips Network, which is a division of Macmillan Publishers, in partnership with Mignon Fogarty, Inc. Until next time, stay curious.
1: At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one
2: crispy So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
0: of a detour.